Hi, and welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast, where we sit, eat, chat, and repeat. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong, and we are coming to you from Austin, Texas. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for local restaurants, stores, butchers, farmers markets, and more who are using organic, fresh, artisanal, and local sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. All right, and thank you for joining me for another great episode of the Lone Star Play podcast. All right, I have an incredible guest today. Uh, His name is Kevin Russell. Uh, He is a Texas music legend. Yes, I'll say that he's from Beaumont, Texas. That's where he started. Um, And um, I read that he, you know, he picked up his father's guitar from underneath the bed and just started playing. He was about 14 years old. And, you know, his journey, his music journey began. And you might know Kevin Russell from a couple of bands, probably more, but we'll get into that with him. Uh, Most famously from The Gourds. Uh, And they were most famous for covering um, a song that we all knew back in the early 2000s, Gin and Juice. So they covered Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice, and it just took off. Um, So I believe they made a music video, too. They're like on a golf course. Um, I think so. I think that's what I remember, but I could be wrong. But um, so, yeah. So remember that song, but the Gords, they were, they're massive, you know, they got a great following um, and they sort of broke up or they're on hiatus. They might get back together. Um, But he also has this other, you know, gig, which, you know, that's what he's doing now. It's called Shiny Ribs. And he's had this as I think about 2007 ish, somewhere in there. Um, And yeah, that's his full gig now doing Shiny Ribs. They play everywhere, right? They're all over the place. Austin city limits, you name it. They've, they've played it. Um, So they play all over the state, you know, they travel around, right? So, you know, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably a fan of Kevin Russell, or maybe not. This is your first time hearing him. So he's a great guy, really proud uh, Texas musician, and we're really happy to have him on. Um, And yeah, we're going to talk to him about, you know, food, music, what's going on right now with music. He he also did this cool thing recently where he like set up this sort of drive through concert, right? Like a driving concert. That's what I meant to say. Not drive through, (laughs) just drive through, hear a couple beats and then you're gone. Uh, No, it's uh, you drive in. So you like drive in, you know, you, you park just like you'd see a movie and then you turn the radio station right to the right you know, whatever, 89.3, I think is what he was using, but whatever it is. Um, and you can listen to the concert. It's a great idea. Um, and he just did a, a one just recently. And it's going to talk to him about that. And if he plans on doing that more, uh, it was this really great idea. So yeah, really excited to have Kevin Russell on and um, let's just get this started already. Right. Enough of me blabbing. All right. Enjoy the episode. Really excited to uh, talk some music, some food, text, yeah, man. and something cool that you just did. I, I kind of did a mini intro and I, I sort of explained it, uh, but I'd really like you to sort of go in further and, and sort of explain the origin of it and then, you know, where it's going. And basically, it's that thing you did with the drive-in concert. Right. Yeah. I loved it. Loved that yeah. idea. Yeah. These guys, the uh, ATX drive-in concerts is their, their little group couple of guys a couple of friends of mine uh younger dudes uh yeah he um ben who thought of it he uh he um i asked him i was like what gave you the idea to have an fm broadcast drive-in theater style show and he said 
the global pandemic gave me the idea, dude. <laughs> I was like, all right, don't be a smart ass. When did the light go on? <laughs> After the pandemic began. <laughs> so he said he uh, he was just thinking, he heard about a drive-in theater show somebody was doing, and then he thought to himself, he's like, you know, he knew that there were cheap FM broadcasters, pirate radio things that you could get. So the light went on his head and he called his friend Mark, who helped, who's a sound and a sound engineer. He was an old sound engineer for the Gourds, actually, Mark was. Oh, wow. So Mark has helped him. They got, they partnered and uh, Mark put his sound knowledge with live sound and getting sound into uh, interfaces and things like that. And uh, they wired it up and... Um, they found a local uh, landowner who had the the courage to allow that to happen on their land. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's insurance concerns and all that. Sure, sure. For that, that, but it's a it's kind of a wild west deal. They're just out there in a field, uh, and they uh, you you go directly to uh, an email um, that they uh, provide, and uh, you purchase a ticket ahead of time. It's $50 a car usually. I mean, the price varies depending on who it is. But then they go for like 30 to 50 cars maybe. And you can put as many people on that car as you want. That was, that, that's how you did it, right? Yeah. Somebody yeah. in the trunk like, I'm not riding in the trunk. Yeah. And, man, it was uh, – and so it's just such a cool thing. Like, So they, uh, it's about a mile radius uh, broadcast. So you can pick it up in that neighborhood around there. But uh, – it's cool to like hear the music coming in over the car stereo. You know, everybody has their stereos on. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Such a cool thing, and you're walking through, you know, all the people, and you hear all the you hear these the, the music and all the different cars, and it's synced up. It's it's just it's such a cool thing, and uh, so everybody's just hanging out on their cars, on their hoods, and their truck beds, or whatever. They have blankets, they have picnics, and they have their own drinks. And where are you playing? Well, I was on top of a Suburban, which was... Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mad Max style. Mad, yeah. It was total Mad Max. Uh, yeah, he's like, you got to be up really high because people are in their cars, and if they're going to see over the car in front of them, you yeah. got to be up high. That makes so sense. I was like, all right. Uh, and it was precarious up there. Uh, <laughs> he said, most people sit down, and I was like, well, I can't sit down when I play. Yeah. I mean, unless I'm playing, you know, a quiet song and i'm not going to play all quiet songs at this so i was like i gotta stand up but it was it was sketchy uh especially when it got dark because their lighting was on the floor and shining uh, into my eyes so yeah. i couldn't, couldn't see the edge right like, yeah it was all dark underneath <laughs> i was standing on the abyss so uh, oh god we could have lost kevin russell that yeah, night was, guys it, yeah no, that thought went through my head i was like all right i gotta really pay attention to my bow. <laughs> They get you like in a harness, like attached to a tree. You know, it is like, <laughs> yeah, we used to go total Mad Max with this. Total Mad Max, dude. I love it. That's honestly, dude. That's such a great idea, man. And it's such yeah. a cool thing. I mean, I bet your fans loved it. How did people do a request? Were there any? There people screaming out the car window or like? <laughs> there, well, there was a little bit of that. There was one person who 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 had, maybe had been to one before, but they had a little. PA on their oh my god that they is hilarious you're like you're doing great you're doing great sounds great <laughs> a 
Luckily, they didn't heckle me. <laughs> totally. They could have been the heckler. That would have been. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. my. Now everybody's going to show up with one of those fucking yeah. bullhorns. And... I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. That's that's so Dukes of Hazard. I love it. It was so Dukes of Hazard. Uh... <laughs> Are you, you planning on doing more of these? What are you yeah, thinking? I, well, I, I'd like to do another one, but, um, you know, you can't. I'll have to do it through them. They, they said that uh, most of these FM broadcasters have been snatched up mostly by churches. This is what churches are doing. They're having their uh, congregations in the parking lots, and they're broadcasting to their congregations, which is, is a obvious idea, you know. But sure. I think they had some, like, special knowledge before the rest of us. I don't know where they got it. <laughs> I'm investigating. From above. <laughs> from above. They got the inside word. Right. They, got, they, they like all of a sudden the, the back of the Bible ripped open. There was this new page that nobody had seen. Like, oh, shit. Wait, this has been here the whole time. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, I, I really uh, the pictures that came out of the, the were amazing. Like people were really into it. Uh, you know, very supportive. Yeah, super cool, man. It was really great. Uh, everybody loved it just because, you know, it's been three months really since most people. Totally. That's probably people's first live, right, little concert or whatever in months. Yeah, in months. And it's there's something – and really what it – probably it, I can't remember the last time I haven't been at live music on a regular basis. It's not for this long. You know, maybe yeah. I did, you know, and I wasn't aware of it. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, when was the last live show you played before that that one? The last live show I played was uh, the big. The big one was Paramount Theater in Austin. That was oh wow, sold out show, and it was a great show. I'm glad we got that one off. That was right at the end of February before, really, we were alar- alerted to this. But and then I did uh, a little private party with my just my singers, my Shiny Soul Sisters. The three of us drove over to uh, east of Houston for a. Uh, it was a a charity event. I, often for charities, I I auction off a. Of, a solo show or a trio show. Oh, that's nice. Man. Wants to buy it, you know, and it's really tough because they bought it probably a year ago now, yeah. a year ago last May. So it had been a long time trying to figure out a time we could do this. And uh, it was a lot of communication problems between them and the charity and us and blah, blah, blah. So finally, I was like, yeah, let's just go do it, you know, and and it was still right. It was like that was about the 8th or 9th of March. So it was right before. I mean, we were aware of it. Sure. But we were still kind of making jokes about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like most of us. Right. I'm with you. Exactly. So uh, we went and did this party and, you know, that was the last thing we did. It was probably 100 people there. How know? crazy is that? You had no idea. Right. Like that would be. Yeah, there's a big buffet, and we're all, like, eating all the same. And they were, you know, kind of East Texas uh, type of camo-wearing redneck, sure. rednecks, you know. So they don't have a problem with sharing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Everything. So, you know, there was a lot of that going on. But luckily, you know, no one did, was sick. No one got sick. So. Did you have anything planned um, at South By? Oh, yeah. We had so. a whole stuff at south by uh, damn man i'm sorry to hear all that yeah yeah and that's really what set it in motion for me was when the mayor mayor adler is our mayor here in austin he uh when he made the decision to cancel south by southwest that was a sort of uh 
a Magic Johnson HIV moment where you were like, wow, what? <laughs> this is yeah. unthinkable. So that really got everyone's attention in Austin anyway. And yeah. I think around the country, the music community, it really was like, wow, okay, this is real. Yeah, that that's for me too. I agree. That's what I say was the moment that it was yeah. real for me is that South by got canceled. Because I, I, I had a, you know, uh, the people that help, you know, run this podcast and produce and everything, they actually are from London. Um, and they were all flying in for South by, right? We're going to have this cool two weeks here and promote and whatever. Um, and yeah, I, I remember they kept asking me, Patrick, what do you think's happening with it? What do you, you know, you're, you're there in Texas. What do you, what do you hear? I'm said, dude, they're never going to cancel South by like they've never canceled. Like, I just, I just don't see that happening. Right. Like I just tell them, no, so keep your flights, whatever. Boy, 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 yeah. you know, they, yeah. they, uh, they totally took back my crystal ball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like, amazing. it was an amazing moment. So yeah. And then it was just like a matter of, uh, it took me still a few days and, uh, we had a, we had a bunch of shows the week before South by in Oklahoma, yeah. North Texas, just sort of our usual regional stuff. We were going to Tulsa. I think we were supposed to play Tulsa on a Tuesday. And then we had a string of shows that whole week working our way back down and then south by would start the following week and i even had a show on that sunday right before south by here in austin a little private thing and man uh you know on that sunday before i was like freaking out because south by was canceled and so i was reading more and paying more attention and i started getting more and more worked up and i felt like i was panicking a little bit like i was getting a little bit hysterical about it and uh so you know, I talked to my wife. I talked to a lot of other musicians. I was like, what are y'all thinking? Are y'all canceling shows? Because I, I was like, I don't really want to do these shows. Because there's one case in Tulsa right now. And if there's one case, there could be a thousand. I don't know, you know. So I don't want to go into a crowded venue. And, and you know, I'm a hands-on performer, too. I literally <laughs> grab my audience and yes. dance with them and hug them and I'm a very physical person and uh, not in a creepy way but uh, <laughs> no and, and a lot of my audience and myself are older you know I have older guys in my band there's older fans that come to my shows so that was a concern and uh, but I talked myself down and I was like alright let's just show must go on you know that's another thing about artists music artists is that just the show must go on you have that mentality you have to have that mentality because you get thrown so many obstacles in your your life, your musical life, when it comes to live music. There's so many things can go wrong, and you have to just adapt, you know. And so the show must go on. And but then, uh, then my trumpet player Tiger Anaya called me the morning we were supposed to leave for Tulsa, and he was like, "Man, I, you know, he's like, I don't like the, I don't like the whole idea of this, you know. Yeah. And really, I just needed one other person to." To make me know I wasn't the crazy one, because sure. there was no anyone I called. I, I'm not going to name names, but I called a lot of famous people that I'm friends with, and none of them until that. And that Tuesday, well, it was the next day, the Wednesday. Robert Earl King canceled a bunch of West Coast shows, uh, so that helped me. You know, but I had, still had to make that decision, just like Mayor, Mayor Adler. We all had to make decisions in our life that I think took a lot of courage because yeah. it was so, such unknown. An, uh, such an unknown moment. Uh, Do you think this has been the toughest thing you've had to go through since being in the music industry? Hmm. I, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, 
for me, I was prepared for it because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm DIY. I do it all myself. And at this point, I understand how to budget all my money. And I had surplus of money for a rainy day. I had, you know, everything I do, I pay out of pocket. It's all me. So there's not, I'm not getting money from a sponsor or a label or anything. So, um, so I was prepared. And uh, I think, I think we'll weather the storm. Uh, but I know a lot of musicians who were not prepared they couldn't prepare for whatever sure. they, they're not in the same position i am and uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm lucky that way uh, but you know uh it will be maybe when it's all so far it ha i felt like i've weathered it pretty well and uh, but i can't think of anything worse it, though for my personal experience it hasn't been bad yeah so for me i just don't feel like i can complain about it but uh but I know a lot of musicians who are struggling and a lot of businesses, you know, friends who have restaurants or yeah, whatever business that are all struggling mightily. So that, uh, I'm concerned more about them and, and local charities who are running out of money because they're giving their money to people that are struggling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eventually that's the right. ripple effects of this could, I think could be very detrimental to what I do. So I definitely see that possible future, and I'm not sure how to address it. Uh, but again, like what we do, same thing, that mentality, the show must go on, we will adapt. I will adapt, because I'm going to do what I do regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Even if I wasn't making one red cent on it, I would still be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why people love you, though. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, I know that I'm going to do it no matter what. Do you have any shows uh, booked or anything? Do you have any like a calendar yeah, up or? Yeah, I mean the way we've been doing it is like the shows are like month to month now and like so June's pretty cleared and that was cleared a while ago but July shows are still in question a lot of them so okay. we're talking about it. I mean it's just a gradual thing that my agents like these booking agents are working their ass off for nothing basically because they're not getting the, the shows aren't being played. They're not getting yeah. paid that's their yeah, commission yeah. so you know my agent told me uh that he was fine you know i asked said man if there's if i can share some of my money with y'all if you need it blah 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 you know i don't know yeah but, wow that's nice of you well you know you want all your people to be taken care of sure because you want them to be around when this is over you know so we can all work together again and we have a good thing so yeah but they, they he said they were fine i think he was prepared somewhat he probably had to let some employees go but um so you know so I just know. month just so just month to month basically month sort month. of yeah, yeah. kind of where we're at so they uh they they just stay in constant communication with you know and they have to do that across their whole roster for everybody so they're working their ass off most booking agents are yeah <laughs> oh, absolutely. for nothing but they know that there's in the future there's there's a lot of money that you know, it's going to be made and spent so um because when this is over i think it's going to be katie bar the door <laughs> it's, it's it's going to be pretty fun actually yeah yeah it's going to change right we'll definitely yeah. change uh yeah. a lot of people won't won't survive through it uh literally and then a lot of a lot of artists will perhaps give up you know do something else uh yeah the, the a lot of venues will be gone <clears throat> so a lot of people in the music business will maybe not come back to it it'll be a very different 
uh, environment. Uh, but, you know, it could improve in some ways. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, we've been living, you know, on, on fumes of recorded music for a while. There's just not a lot of money in recorded music. So live music is everyone's everything. Now. So yeah. it really hits the live music industry right in the gut man, at, uh, at the worst possible time. But So it will transform our what industry. Do, what do you think, uh, what changes would you like to see come out of the music industry? Jeez. Uh, you know, my biggest peeve is probably probably the streaming uh, world. I have no problem with streaming. I think it's fine. Technology's fine. I use it all the time as a listener and as an artist. But uh, I think, you know, per streams, you know, the money needs to be higher. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and two, the, the, the algorithm and the way they group music, uh, that really just bothers me because like sometimes I'm with lumped in with I, I granted I'm a hard I'm not an obvious genre so they don't know where to put me but often because <laughs> of the gourds and my history I just get put with you know next to John Prine or, or or Turnpike Troubadours or you know whoever it may be which is you know fine but really musically I have little to do with with, with either with one them. of them yeah totally I, yeah. Love I love both of them but sure and I'm friends with with a lot of them, you know, so that's why we're associated. I get how it works, but I would like to see that addressed. And we've talked to the people at Spotify and TuneCore, the local people, about that stuff. They're aware of it. It's just a tricky business. I'm not really sure how you how you make an algorithm that could not serve. do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah, totally. Gosh, well, that's, you know. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, I, I think obviously that's uh, something that's definitely going to change. I mean, now that uh, Spotify is changing even, right? They're adding podcasts. Joe Rogan signed that yeah. big deal uh, with Spotify. How do you think that's going to change Spotify? Um, the Rogan thing specifically? Just it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, obviously they're going to start expanding podcasts, which they already do podcasts. And you can find our podcasts on there. I mean, it's really easy. But yeah. I think they're even going to add video. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I love, I think that's what the internet really calls for is a multimedia experience is what, yeah. there's no reason to compartmentalize uh, technologies, platforms, genres, anything like that. I like, yeah, put it all in one place and let it rip, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it does for music creators. I mean, you, you gotta sort of pick your battles as well. Like, I like video, like I know very little about video, so I'm that's what I'm trying to learn is like how to edit video, create video, what you know, from my own artistic uh, point of view, you know. Sure, like what kind of videos? You feel like music videos, music videos, or yeah. just, just video. I mean, I feel like sky's the limit, really. You don't have to do just a, I mean, music video is just a commercial for a song, right? So, sure, commercial for a band. <laughs> Uh, I mean, why not expand on that, you know, yeah. make it uh, commercially not as viable. That's what I'm always thinking. <laughs> why not? I love that. I love that. And that's what your fans love about you, right? Why did I shoot myself in the foot? <laughs> <laughs> look, that's something to, this would be a good segue. Um, and I look, and I'm, I'm sure this subject, I hope it doesn't uh, upset you or bother you uh, to bring this up, but um, just, it's just something I've always been curious about. So I know you were in the gourd, right? You, you know, you started the gourds, right? Um, yeah. 
and you guys had this song right hit song that wasn't y'all didn't write it right y'all covered the snoop dogs gin and juice right um and that just took off like wildfire right i I remember i didn't i mean i was i didn't know y'all like i knew that song for sure like did y'all have a music video where y'all were on a golf course uh no that was another somebody else made a video for it and we actually had to tell those guys to like take it down eventually because that's horrible That is fucked up. I know. Well, I mean, they just, we didn't make a, we should have made a video. I mean, I think there was a need for it and they saw that. Yeah, no, but still, they should have taken y'all's shit like that. That's not cool. But that was the Wild West, you know, the internet. (laughs) It was the beginning, right? Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you wanted on YouTube. And uh, that's hilarious. Or, or, you know, the, the, peer-to-peer stuff too i mean it was like <laughs> it, it was just what yeah that's and that was another thing like napster helped that song sort of yeah know, blow up and stuff but what i'm really curious about i know people are listeners our viewers who may be some of your fans but also there's going to be a lot of people listening and watching this that have you know sure. maybe have never heard of you so i i for one definitely just want to give them the story um, and i personally want to know like why did y'all think to do that song you know what oh, I mean? Because it yeah. then became something you guys kind of played off of, right? Doing doing special yeah. covers like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, man, I've always been into doing covers. You know, I've always liked that. I, it's just a fun thing to do. And uh, so, I think maybe the, you know, grow uh, growing up in uh, starting to, my early days in, in Louisiana, play, I used to play a lot of bars where you had to play all night, so you had to play covers. You know, it was we played a lot of original music, but. And covers, people love covers, you know, it really breaks the ice sometimes in a show. And uh, so I always was into covers and I liked unusual covers. Um, There was a band in Austin uh, when I first moved here called the Bad Livers, who little bluegrass band. They used to do craziest freaking bluegrass covers, you know, like Lust for Life, like Iggy Pop, you know, and they they do Misfits and Butthole Surfers and just... But then they did traditional bluegrass too. It was Danny Barnes is 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 the guy and uh, uh, and a guy named Mark Rubin were partners in that. But but yeah, so I I was inspired by the Bad Livers to sort of take uh, unusual um, contemporary music and put it into a bluegrass sort of setting. That's what I was going for on that song. Yeah. And I heard that song. My sister played it for me uh, one. Right when it came out, one Christmas I was at home and she played it for me, and I was—I love the song immediately. That hook, <laughs> that so, hook, right? It really is juicy. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great hook. And I was like, but I was like, I can't rap. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not back. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's like, you know, they got away with it, but it's not easy to get away with. So uh, I was like, I'm not gonna even attempt that. So I gotta find a way to sing all all of these freaking words like more words than a bob dylan song <laughs> together. and like half of them i don't even know what they're saying i'm like i don't even know like what is i had to ask my sister what is macking what is macking macking is that what is that <laughs> i love it but i didn't know you know i was way i mean total uh total in way over my head here but and it took a while you know i never could i just had the lyrics on my dining room table for a couple of months and I had the chorus, and so eventually one day I was just singing the chorus and just trying a melody, and that's the melody that you know, and that, yeah. that, that just hit me. I was like, that's it. I got it. This is going to be awesome. And the first time I played it, um, 
I was uh, a friend of mine, uh, the sound guy for the Gores, a guy named Jim Archuleta, we call him Archie. He was having his birthday party at Waterloo Ice House at 6 in Lamar when it was there. And uh, he got me and Jimmy to play solo sets, so I was like, there's a little friendly competition going on, so I was like, all right, I'm going <laughs> to... Nobody gonna touch this. That was the first time I played it, and it was it was quite special. And people were like, "Holy shit, dude!" And then we played it. We never rehearsed it. We never worked it up. The Gords. We just one night at an encore at Electric Lounge, which was our home club at the time. We had an encore situation. I was like, "Guys, you remember that song I played at Archie's birthday, Gin and Juice? Y'all remember that?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And I was like, "Just follow me. It's just two chords, A and D. Just follow me." It'll be great, and it was, and that and that was the beginning of it right there. We never like thought about it or worked it up or anything. It just happened organically, and then it morphed over time. And uh, I think I think it became popular. You know, um, it was very popular in Texas already. We'd been playing it for a year or two, and uh, then a little label wanted us to record it, and we were like, okay, but we were a little scared of it, you know. We were like, we hadn't saw the potential that, yeah, that could be a big hit, and that's we're going to be stuck for the rest of our lives playing that, known for that, and it's a novelty kind of a thing, you know. So we didn't do we didn't do a censored version of it. We we were steadfast. We're like, no, we're not doing a censored version of it because that will just feed into it. Yeah. We don't want it to be played everywhere. We actually don't want that. I know. <laughs> that mentality. We were like, we're total DIY. We're punk rock guys. And we're like, we're not trying to get super famous. We're like just trying to have a cool life, you know? That's yeah. And we had a cool thing. So we didn't really need to mess it up. Eh, you know, it still became an albatross. And we still had to play it all the time. Uh, hindsight. And then Dynamite Hack, theirs came right, right after that. And I think they were from Houston. I'm, I'm sure they heard us do that and were inspired. I'm sure, because it was the timing was just perfect. And they released theirs, and it was big. <laughs> it was really big, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, damn." I still don't think we should. I'm glad we didn't do it. Yeah, I'm but going. is Dynamite Hack still playing? No, no, exactly. So it probably was the right thing for them, but um, they had their little moment. But uh, I was like, I don't want to have a little moment and go away. I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna keep doing what I do. And I got a million covers like that. I do that shit all the time. So, yeah. yeah. And now you've built this amazing discography, you know, these amazing songs. You've worked with so many amazing artists and, you know, got to travel and play all this great music. And, right, you have these great fans that support and love you guys. And it's awesome. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm so blessed. And I wouldn't change a thing, I don't think, you know. Um, hard about it i'd probably maybe probably one or two but you know who's yeah <laughs> always something worth changing that's a that's what, oh, my, wife, that's what my wife says <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah dude so you got the shiny ribs right so you had you kind of had the gourds and shiny ribs working at the same time right they kind of overlap for a while there yeah yeah we did it at the same time for i did it at the same time for a while just you know, I, I was kind of at the end of my rope with the Gorge thing. It's just some interpersonal stuff, and we'd been together forever, and I felt like we'd really um, done everything we were going to do. Just yeah. been we growing creatively, and, um, and we were a mature band at that point. And uh, 
So, but it was it was good. It was good living for all the families involved. I didn't want to upset that, you know. But I did want to pursue my own some other things. It was yeah. just time. And, uh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, but it was still there was no good way of doing it. Um, but I, I did that for a few years until it became a problem. It was like the gorge was making less money, and it was kind of about the same for me. I was making a lot of money actually having two things but i was working constantly i was yeah exhausted. i bet so shit hit the fan one night and i had to i was told to choose between the two of them by some members of the band i was like well that's easy <laughs> see you later <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't i want to be my own boss instead yeah. of sharing it with five other people i mean and Absolutely. having every decision you know like bands that are democracies are it's like Congress, man. It's like it's so hard to get consensus, and it, it's just it's it really is, and it gets t- really old after a while. And <laughs> you just to go, you know, I mean, you think the average family trying to decide what to go eat. It, that was like every decision in the band was like that, and uh, there was always one person who wasn't happy with what everybody else wanted to do. So sure. it was a tough thing, and. We we had a good long run and uh, it just felt like it was over and uh, it was an easy decision to make because uh, everybody wants to be their own boss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, why? Yeah, that that seems like an easy uh, choice. It was easy, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a funny, you know, funny world, a small world, basically. Like I actually first heard about you from Max Johnston. I right. had, yeah, I had. Um, I briefly you sort of hung out with them for a while in Dallas when I moved back from Spain and like I think it was 2012-ish somewhere around that that time and um, I I was recording with Eric Jarvis and we were were doing some music together uh, it's called the New Bernardo anyway yeah we were doing that and and so we were just kind of hanging out because Eric was recording Max's uh, album at the time so um, I just would hang out you know just be there and listen to them play guitar and hang you know i wouldn't I, i'm a i'm a horrible guitarist to be honest you don't want me you don't even want me singing i don't even know what i was doing there to be honest with you but you know so we're just hanging out and like dude max always had the greatest things to say about you man and that that experience and um i from that moment on i and eric too i always wanted to meet you and i always wanted to um you know make that happen but you know coincidentally max actually recorded part of that album at my house Eric, oh wow! Yeah, he Eric used one of my bedrooms. He was recording our stuff, and then he said, "Hey uh-huh. Max, I got some time. Why don't you come in here? We'll record some stuff for your, you know, your stuff." Uh-huh. And he, and they actually threw me on some backing vocals for one of the songs, like "Rolling, Rolling River" or something. I I gotta feel bad. I don't remember the name of the song, yeah, but that's a cool record, though. That's a yeah, cool it was record. a great record. Um, I I didn't know Max. I didn't know anything about him. I I just uh-huh. I still don't. He's an enigma yeah. to me. Um, but. Yeah, it was so great. I mean, I was just so uh, really in love with some of his music, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, yeah. this is... He's a great songwriter. He's yeah. got a really unique voice, and uh, he's a great player. He he's a great play. player. He played fiddle on a couple of our uh, songs, actually, yeah. uh, for the New Bernardo. It's just, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, I just, I said, I remember looking at him and thinking, you just played that right now? You just <laughs> came up with that? You just yeah. made that up? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here! Like, get the fuck! I was mad. I was yeah, a- right, angry, right? right? Like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you! This is not fair. Like, that's some bullshit. Like, 
Uh, but just so proud of him. And he's such a humble guy, um, to be honest yeah. with you. And, um, you know, yeah. So anyway, that's my small connection. Uh, that's, beautiful. that's beautiful. That's great. Uh, to things. Yeah, I love Max, you know. And yeah, that's so, you know, you got shiny ribs. You're rocking with shiny ribs now, man. I've been reading a lot of cool stuff um, about you guys. Y'all are just, dude, you, you've been, you know, you, you've really put together something that a lot of bands and musicians would be super jealous of, man. Oh, I know. It's a dream band for me. I mean, it's, yeah. a, dream. it's a great band. Uh, great people, everybody. And uh, what's the yeah. next album you got coming out? I know you guys did one, right? 2019? Yeah. Yeah. I put one out uh, last summer, actually. Have yeah. you been recording any songs during this pandemic? Oh, yeah. I'm recording a lot. Uh, yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I was just working on one. Um, and this is a funny one called. Uh, it's just kind of a funny song, tongue-in-cheek, but musically it's fine. It's, it's called uh, All Gladys, No Pips. And, <laughs> you All Gladys, No Pips. Dude, that's a great <laughs> title. <laughs> and then I go into a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, uh, Midnight Train to Georgia in the middle of it, so it's just kind of a fun little song. But, Damn. You know, just the rhymes were so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, I've been recording a lot. I've got um, a lot of different kind of stuff. So what I've been into, really, before the pandemic, even uh, from that that record we put out last summer, there were two songs on it that there was a lot of horn parts needed to be written, and horn parts take a while and uh, to to write. Uh, so uh, I was running out of time. The meter was running. I was spending a lot of money on that record and. <clears throat> and I still had two songs that needed horn, horn arrangement. So I uh, called my friend Steve Berlin from Los Lobos, uh, and I said, dude, could you do a couple of horn arrangements for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. So I sent him. Wow. And he sent back. What, the way he did it, he had a little MIDI keyboard with horn sounds on it. And so he just played it. You know, oh, wow. So he didn't write it out. He just played it. And uh, which was great, and I just gave that to the horn guys, and they charted it out, wrote it all out, and uh, it was great. And then I realized, shit, I should learn how to fucking do that. I mean, if I could, I could play keyboard, so I'll just get a MIDI keyboard. And so I got into Logic Pro, is is the because Logic Pro has all of these sounds built into it. Yeah, it's basically the pro version of GarageBand, I guess. So that's what you use for all Shiny Ribs music. Yeah, well, yeah, these days I got into it and got a MIDI keyboard. And so, you know, I've been playing around, playing, you know, I started writing horn parts, but then now I've got into all kind of like loops and like bizarre, oh. bizarro stuff. And I have a friend who's a, he's kind of a, uh, kind of a weirdo friend of mine. He was the Gord's, <laughs> uh, the Gord's old manager, actually, Mike Stewart. <laughs> I like how you say that. He's kind of a weirdo, but you know. <laughs> a weird brain i love his brain you know he's one of those i love guys. that yeah I've yeah been because he's got this bizarro brain and uh, i got lots of friends like that in fact in fact i think i'm that friend to other people yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but mike's been uh, doing remixes of this stuff because it's all mostly digital so he can take it apart and put it together and remix it and twist it into all kinds of perverse weird things and so that's what we're doing mostly is i'm sending him mixes and uh or recording sessions and he remixes them and so i have a ton of stuff like 
Uh, and I don't know if you heard that song Stay Home that I did that came out right right when everybody, it was a, a little song that came, I put oh, out. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. It, I did hear awesome. that. I wrote it as a kind of PSA. I was like trying to get the musical message across. Yeah. I was like, that's one thing I could do. I could write a song that might inspire people to stay home. You know? Yes. And Dude, I had an idea. I sent, I actually sent an email to Bob Schneider uh-huh. it went, right when the pandemic happened. I said, Bob, I have a great idea for a song to get. I said, write a song called We Are Texas, like we are the world, you know, and get all the all the, you know, Austin musicians because, you know, everybody yeah. can pull them all together and yeah. let's get a song going. He, didn't, right. he didn't respond. <laughs> uh, okay. no, hey, no problem. Bob. I mean, look, you know, we're not best friends or anything. He's come on the podcast a couple of times. Right. So oh, I thought, well, I just let me just yeah, yeah. this quick little message. You never know. You know. I, I, I haven't heard what's going on. I'm sure he's laying low like everybody else. He's doing live streaming and like every, you know, people. Yeah, yeah. He's doing like Monday nights because uh, he had that Saxon Pub thing. right? Oh, so that's gone. So, yeah, he does yeah. live streaming on Mondays and I think Friday night, too. Like he's doing a couple nights um, cool. a week. Yeah. yeah, he's a super productive guy. So um, that's he's a, sort of like you, right? Do DIY. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. He's his own guy. He's done it all himself you know pretty impressive guy he's got a lot of hustle too so uh mad respect for bob but um yeah so i i put that song out i did that all my i played all the parts with the midi and everything and uh which was fun you know i mean just i thought it'd be a cool thing like yeah I'm, i'm at home and this is what i'm gonna make music like this so that's awesome you know people appreciate dude i mean of course that's you know that's what we need people like yourself to do to be honest with you not to put you on the spot or anything but you have a voice yeah, right? and people right. listen to you so yeah, yeah. Right, right that's what i do so uh yeah and i've been i've been sort of helping the band come along the band's been learning how to record at home themselves i think every musician oh can learn how to work a, a digital audio workstation some kind of home recording every musician should have a multi-track home recording because the yeah. technology is cheap it's there and it's really an invaluable tool for, for You're right. music creator. It's like it's a it's like an instrument unto itself. So and it, the 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 kind of uh, perspective you get recording multi-track parts and working arranging parts, you know, it's just it makes you a better songwriter, I think, and a better a better performer, a better player, you know, because you're so focused on on parts and arrangements and. Uh, that that's just an invaluable tool i think and i i've encouraged a lot of young musicians that's exactly what they should be doing if you got nothing to do learn how to record yourself in your home you know and then you can trade files like the musicians who do know how to do it we trade files we play on each other's stuff we sing on each other's stuff oh i see okay yeah and if they know how to do it i, I you know I'll text people i was like so do you record you know how to do that and and if they say yes, I'm like, well, let me send you a track and you can put a part on it and they'll send it back to me. And that's kind of exciting. you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've been, I've been, I've been doing that mostly with my band, trying to get them all up to snuff because some of them are complete Luddites. They just, yeah. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they can barely, you know, um, get ice out of an ice. <laughs> They can barely get wet in the rain, right? Like, <laughs> but they're doing. They're all trying hard, and they all have. Uh, all but one has. Well, they've all actually. Well, all but one has sent me. Has been able to send me tracks. So, 
That's pretty good. I got most of the band on some tracks, and that's pretty good. Boy, if I was that one guy, I'd be like, God damn it, I better get on YouTube right now, pull some shit up, baby, we're going to Target. We're getting some shit. We're getting some shit right now, okay? Get your mask on, get the sanitizer. I know. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, that might be it might be this way for a while for for life. Yeah. Do you think that's going to you know, you just bringing this up just gets my mind going. Like, do you think I got two two part questions? So one, do you think you'll record part of your new album like this? And two, do you think this will be a future thing? Right. Like, fuck yeah. it, why are we even getting to get let's I, I can use this basis up in Chicago and get this yeah. guy right. Like, yeah, it's really cool. It is cool. I mean, there's nothing like. In room, right? Yeah, of course, like of course. That. But that is its own thing. So I know some of the songs I write, I might record them this way, and I listen to it. And I'm like, it's cool, but I'm like, we'll have to learn this one, record it live because yeah. it has to be that way. Certain styles of songs. Sure. Maybe mine. it just gives you like scratch tracks or things to sort of just yeah. play with and yeah. tinker with, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it's a great way to learn songs. You know, to ah, you're, got you're it. And you're, a bass player and you're putting a bass part and you're you learn the song you know it then and it's there forever and uh so whether you release that or not because some of the sounds they're getting they're all over the map i don't know if they're releasable maybe they are but my idea too is like i don't know if i'm gonna do a, another traditional album like the way i've always done it like go into a studio and create you know record a group of songs and put it out like to me i think I'm going to like just keep recording and making lots of music and I'll cull from that perhaps and put things together that belong together yeah. maybe, and put it out maybe as a, as an album, but I don't know, you know, some of it will just be digital only. Some of it will be released as singles. Some of it will be, yeah, I still know. I think I'm just sort of re uh, that last record I did. It was, it really felt the whole the whole process felt really old and antiquated and i see like, yeah. this doesn't really i didn't this doesn't make sense to me anymore the way we used to do it and it's it's ingrained in my head <laughs> sure so you know just the typical right go into a studio yeah. lay yeah. down the tracks all together right yeah yeah, yeah. And, th- and that's really rare actually there's not a lot of people doing that i mean there's some neo you know retro soul bands who do it and but for like a lot of young music creators they're doing everything in the box it's all and and i think i mean i understand it and it's it's pretty great you know i mean the the technology's there right you can have it at your home and do it yourself yeah now i mean aesthetically it's still digital and it's sort of one-dimensional it all is kind of a lot of new music you hear on the on the radios or or on streaming or wherever you know if it's a new record i always listen to it with those ears and a lot of stuff the digital stuff is it's it's it sounds one-dimensional to me sure because all the sounds are the same they all come from the same source so there's certain things aesthetically like i like to hear room sounds and you can do artificial room sounds yeah you can fool your ears a little bit but i can still tell that it's still that that glossy flat digital well plus there's also that energy of playing next to yeah. somebody right and like, yeah like the, the air the space yeah. he was moving so and you can't really capture that with digital 
effects, you know. Um, but I think, like you said, it's just a, a matter of combining the two, right? It's not really one or the other. It's just yeah, I'm combining the two, and I think that's kind of what hopefully what's going on in a lot of home studios these days is a lot of I because I for me my world is roots music, you know. I'm I'm an American music guy, and um, I mine those veins, the the elements of American music, and I so I want to see other musicians other roots musicians using this technology because I think that's going to be interesting to have you know weird loops but with somebody playing a banjo over them I've always thought that was where we were going and you see uh, you think about uh, Old Town Road yeah that's kind of gives you a little you know little a little uh, picture of what what it might be like where we're going you know and I think it's interesting it's very interesting. So, uh, hopefully, that's what will happen. I mean, you know. But then the problem too is like, I, I what I think a good thing about it that musicians should do it themselves is like when you hire super professional engineers who know how to do everything. A lot of times it comes out cookie cutter because they're so good at their job and they they want to make it as good as possible. And I I appreciate that. But there's something about a dumb the dumbing down of the creative process. That's why I try and learn new things because it dumbs me down and it makes me think, I think in a more interesting way when I'm trying to understand or I'm trying to do something and maybe a mistake happens and something else, it becomes something else. Uh, yeah, it's a so character, I, right? It just gives it character. Yeah, it does give it character. It, it makes it interesting. It makes it unique, uniquely unique to that artist who wrote yeah. it. That's what's interesting to me uh, with, with most recorded music and even live music. I like to hear, I don't want to hear the most pristine, perfect thing I can hear. I want to hear something interesting Yeah. that's authentic, or at least has the feel or the sound of, of authenticity, you know? What's, what's on your, uh, you know, what's on your streaming playlist right now, let's say? Like, what are you listening to right now? I, I am uh, sharing a lot of playlists with people. Um, there's one a buddy of mine uh, from Virginia and me are doing, um, but it's all over the map. There's like, um, uh, there's I know there's like pavement, but there's also Cliff Edwards, who's like, he was the voice of Jiminy Cricket. He's a ukulele player, ukulele Ike. If you want to look him up, he's oh wow favorites uh glorietta do you know glorietta uh-uh it was like that they were like i think it's david ramirez and glorietta i'm an all-star band from from uh, austin uh, there's a they're really great uh i turned her on to donny hathaway she'd never heard donny hathaway have you ever heard that live version of jealous guy by donny hathaway uh-uh i mean do yourself a favor and listen to that okay i will yeah jealous guy it's amazing wow. um, okay you know but there's there's uh there's there's tom waits there's you know typical stuff meters and james brown you know funk stuff but um well when, when do you like throwing on music do you like music on all the time at your house as a songwriter i do, I do like music on all the time i can't really i can't listen to music all the time because my my family <laughs> 
I'm just not into it. They're just, you know, it's kind of quiet. My house is very quiet. There's not a lot of noise. It's kind of a studious environment, my wife and my kids, uh, which is fine. I love it. I mean, yeah. But so sometimes I'm in the middle of the house. They're all in their respective places, but they can hear me. Or and, and like I'd like to be playing the radio. I love listening to radio. You know, like WWOZ in New Orleans or KPFT in uh, Houston. I have a buddy who has a show on there every Monday. I like to listen to his show. It's a blues show, you know. I love stuff like that. <clears throat> so I can't always listen to it, but I have my turntable out here at my studio, so I listen to a lot of music out here on on the turntable. Yeah. And streaming, you know, I ride my bike and listen to playlists. I have tons of playlists. Uh, mostly I use Spotify. I just like their their playlist uh, interface and everything. I like the way it, it's set up, and uh, it's really user-friendly. I think it's better than Apple Music for me. Yeah, me too. I, I Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I have sub- subscriptions to all of the streaming services because I stream everywhere, and so I like to be able to make sure it's all there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that that's uh that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it works. I'm curious, like how a musician, what they would do, right? Like, what are yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I do think Spotify has. You know, they had a head start on everybody, and uh, I just like the way they do things. I love the way you can share the playlist. And you can do that with Apple, but there doesn't seem to be as much of it going on. You know? No, and look, I'm an Apple guy. Right, I got an Apple Watch. Yeah. I got an Apple iPhone. I got yeah. a, a iPad. I got a MacBook. Uh, but it, there's it, like I yeah. can't get that Apple Music thing going. Like it doesn't work as well as Spotify, especially because I have Alexa in my house. I have the little oh yeah. Echo things like through my house, so it works really well with Amazon Music. Right, right, of course. <laughs> so, and I love Amazon. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah. No, it, Amazon Music is great. Yeah, shit. No, it just fine. picks up. So I don't actually have playlists. I just say play, you know, yeah. blues or play. Right. Latin music. That's why I listen to a lot. Just Latin music. I just want to hear rhythm, not yeah. even lyrics, really. I just like right. rhythm. Right. I actually don't listen to a lot of music at my house, uh, to be honest with you. I like silence or just the sound of the world, baby. That's, yeah. that's what I'm all about. Just the, the ch- birds chirping. You know, I don't know. I'm weird that way. I like when I drive, I don't even listen to music. Is that weird? Does that make me a psychopath? Somebody told me that one time. You're a psychopath. I was like, what? I just like (laughs) the sound of the, uh, you know, like, fuck. I I, I don't know. No, I think it means you're probably normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I like silence too. Sometimes you just gotta have silence, you know. Yeah, I just I thought like my thoughts. I think that I like thinking. So if I have music on, I can't. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I just, but I do like you know throwing on some music as well. Just whatever I'm in the mood for. Like if I'm cooking, definitely like some music. You know, get some. What about like podcasts and like uh, podcasts? I do listen to a lot. To be honest with you, yeah, because I'm a podcaster. So yeah, I do. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, and I actually watch a lot of podcasts. Yeah, really. You know, yeah, I'll throw it. Not, not, not to say I'm necessarily sitting in front watching it the whole time, but it'll just be in the background. And I'm right. walking around, but it's, you know, the Joe Rogan experience is on the TV. And uh-huh. I can see them, but I'm listening to it at the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. do both. Because so, it's not like there's a lot of action in the podcast. Uh, yeah. They're literally just talking. But for some reason, I like to see the person and, and them speaking and 
um, I, I don't know. I like it. Not all podcasts, but some of them I, I do watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people are watching Joe Rogan's podcast, do you think? Is it a- oh, my millions, bro. He's got, I yeah. mean, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 million. Really? An episode. It's amazing. Is that kind of crazy? I mean, that's crazy. Why yes. do you think that is about him? I think he, um, you know, first of all, he's been doing it a long time. So I think people yeah. forget about that. Like yeah, they, yeah. he just like jumped into it. Um, I think he had a little something going on the side, right? So he did Fear Factor. He had the UFC thing going. And right. really, he just stuck with it. He was just consistent. And he wasn't afraid to just throw it on his computer at his house with the worst lighting and the worst, right? Everything was so bad. Uh-huh. And he just went through that period. And because he went through that period, he was able to build yeah. fan base and start right. getting people. And it's really when he started expanding his guests, and started having on, you know, a scientist and a professor and, a, you know, yeah. that that really just changed everything because. Yeah. Does he hold his own pretty well with academics? Or? Uh, yeah, man, he does a good job. I mean, um, you know, he's just an average Joe, no pun yeah, intended. Uh, but yeah, he does. He does a really good job, man. Of, um, yeah. I, I think he's just a good listener. That's yeah. what I like about him. He, he's right, right. willing to sort of listen to it. Does it sound logical, rational? Uh-huh. And and regardless of what his previous beliefs were, you know, and I, I pride myself on being that way myself. Um, you know, I'll take each situation as it comes. I don't want to sure. just yeah. because of something down the line that I'm just this is what it is. And, you know, I'm willing to listen and change my mind. Actually, yeah. if it presented with new evidence, I will change my mind. I'm not stuck on anything. Um, so, yeah. But that's why I think is is success. Right. Is just. Yeah, but who knows at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Yeah. He definitely seems to be one of the big ones, you know. Uh, I don't know many podcasts. I have podcasts I listen to, but I don't know. They're not popular or anything. And I just kind of, I don't really know like how to find podcasts that I want to listen to. I just sort of end it's up. It's hard. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's no, like, easy way to, to know that. That's why you ask people what they listen to. But, sure. Uh, and a lot of people ask me, and I tell them, you know, so, a lot of podcasts I try out, I just still dig them you know like some of yeah. them are so me damn- too look i think that about my own sometime <laughs> <laughs> i'm not joking like look, yeah. <laughs> uh, it happens um you know really it's just about i don't know what it's about i just keep doing it look i keep showing up every time and people keep listening so i i just don't think i don't overthink it yeah just don't overthink it i think that's that's basically the secret just keep doing it and you create this body of work over time that yeah. really is going to be a great a great archive of yeah of knowledge and of history you know and pop culture and all these different things you talk about from this era you know, that's these, a good way to look at it yeah, yeah that's it's gonna be a great thing it's gonna be probably used years and years you know maybe a century from now they might go back and look at some podcasts and what they were talking about 100 percent i i'm i 100% agree with that yeah yeah that is interesting well I never, you know i'll be honest i never really thought about it that way um yeah. you know yeah. uh yeah. yeah that's great um yeah you know podcasts are look it's a new it's a new thing even though it's been around a while still new in terms of just how it's run and so many people are trying to get their hands in and that yeah that, that stretches it out from you know moving forward quick quicker because everything sort of stalls out because everyone's trying to do this and that nobody knows what to do there's all yeah. kinds of platforms there's all kinds of 
just like you said, it's really hard to find a podcast that you're into. And I feel the same way. I, I do what you do. I, what are you listening to? Right. I just find what other, and I sort of go that way. And I know there's a ton of podcasts out there that I probably would like that I don't even know how to get in front of. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. you know, and I struggle with the same thing with this pod. You know, we struggle here behind the scenes with this podcast. Like, okay, well, how are we going to get out there and how are we going to push? And, yeah. and we got game plans, you know, we're, we're trying, we're pushing, we're launching, we're, you know, we're really just, it comes down to guests. I re, you know, recently we started reaching out to a lot more high profile guests and yeah. it's, it's working, man. I just interviewed Chris Harrison from the bachelor yesterday. Wow. That's cool. Like I'm, I'm research. I'm, we got a uh, Dustin Lance black coming on. He's the Oscar winner that wrote milk. Um, wow. We got Mark Henry coming on tomorrow. He's a two time Olympian strongman in the WWE. Wow. Uh, yeah, man, we got some crazy. Uh, Drew Brees agreed to come on like in August. Awesome. Um, gosh, I can't even think of all these pe- the cool people that are. We're trying to make look. I'm. I'm telling you right now. I'm gonna call it by the end of 2020. The Lone Star Plate will be the biggest and best podcast out of Texas. All right. That's it, baby. That's like it. It's my like goal. It. You know what yeah. I mean? I got the goal. I'm. I'm. We're gonna do it. I mean, it's happening. I'm there. I'm there. So I'm really excited. You know, pe- having people like you on, man, is what makes this podcast, you know, yeah. uh, push forward. That that is the truth. Right, right. That's killer, man. So I hope you, I hope you dominate the world. We're gonna try, man. Look, this is what I do. You do music. This is what my I hold the microphone the same way, but different things come out. Uh, it's, it's basically the same. Yeah, you know, almost the same. No, not even close, dude. You actually have a talent. You know, I just talk it's like this is such bullshit (laughs) i do some cooking on the side too i'm doing some recipe videos for the site too so you'll you'll start seeing those online okay Uh, you know yeah so but anyway um kevin um look man i'm gonna have to have you on again because we didn't even get into food dude i can't even believe that we could have just talked forever i mean i could have just kept talking to you man it's like everything i heard about you was true (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh, good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was positive stuff. <laughs> well, well, I didn't say that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, man, no, absolutely. I love, I love to talk food, man. I, I do love food. And, yes, uh, uh, we'll have to get you on again, man. We'll we'll do in-person interview next time. Yeah, let's do it. We'll get right. you in the studio because usually what we do is order food and we eat while we do the podcast. It's a lot of fun. I like it. Yeah. You have your best conversations over a meal, right? Yeah. Think yeah. about that. All the, you know, late night, you're at IHOP with your buddies yeah. till 3 a.m. or Waffle House or whatever. Like, uh-huh. yeah, man, do you think we're, uh, aliens exist, man? You know, like, whatever, <laughs> whatever the conversation is. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, man, uh, look, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk to us, Kevin. Um, yeah, brother. And yeah, man, I hope, I, I wish the best to you and your family um, during, the, during this time. And Appreciate it. And again, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk soon, brother. I appreciate coming on. Thank you. All right, boss. Be good. Peace. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email the podcast at Patrick at TexasRealFood.com. And don't forget, you can check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, all the different places you can get podcasts, you'll you'll find us on there. Or you can just go to our website, go to thelonestarplate.com. 
and uh, you can find everything you need there, all the episodes. Um, and you can check us out on YouTube if you want to watch it. You know, we video these now, you know, on a little webcam here and do the Zoom stuff. And, um, you know, so if you feel like doing it that way, go to the Texas Real Food YouTube channel and you can find it there. Uh, make sure to follow uh, Texas Real Food as well on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe. Um, and if you, you know, are so inclined, please leave us a review anywhere you can. Um, you know, follow us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, that would really help us out uh, as well. So if you support, you know, what we're trying to do here. So thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, without you guys, we will, you know, what's the point of doing this? Um, so if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better, please let us know. All right. Thanks again. Be safe out there. Wash your hands.